utterly, but in the future he will honor the Galilee of Gentiles. Wow! Which is us. God will honor us because a child is born. Tomorrow we'll talk more about that, this Christmas message. And then the next verse says, The people walking in darkness have seen what? A great light. Why? Because a child is born. And it says, On those living in the land of shadow of death, a light has dawned. Why? Because a child is born. Verse 3 says, You have enlarged the nation, one singular nation, and increased their joy. Come on now. How can you say a nation and there? Because there are many in the nation, including yourself and myself. And then he went further to say, they rejoice before you as people, come on now, rejoice at the harvest as men rejoice when dividing the plunder. Wow. Verse 4 says, this is what we are going to deal with today. For as in the day of Midian's defeat, you have shattered the yoke that burdened them, they bar across their shoulder and the rod of their oppressor. What is Midian's defeat? I've been teaching you about destiny. And we have gone through several lectures on destiny, including on Friday. God has a plan for you. Don't forget. And I've shared with you how the fact that the plan of God for you is unchangeable. And I've helped you to understand things you need to do because God needs your cooperation for God to be able to fulfill the plans of your life. And I've helped you understand the reasons why Christians fail is because many Christians do not cooperate with God who designed the plan of humanity really. And I've shown you that there are some people who are non-Christians, but yet they still, they still have good moral sense. And because of their moral, high moral sense, they were able to fulfill God's requirement for, uh, for destiny. And they fulfill destiny. Whereas there are many Christians who are morally bankrupt and yet have not understood the word of God. And then they do not fulfill destiny. And on Friday, I showed you the fact that God, has, God is thinking about you. Isaiah 55. God is thinking about you. Because if God has a plan for you, Jeremiah chapter 29 verse 11. Let's go through these scriptures again. We'll come back to this one. Jeremiah 29 11, what did you say? For I know. Yes. Let's read together. Yeah. This is your maker. He has plans for you. And the plan is not to harm you. It's to prosper you. It's to give you hope and the future. Settle. Isaiah 55 verse 6. Let's look at that very quickly. Yes, please, on the board. Isaiah 55. Shout it together, please. Yes. Let the wicked forsake his way. And the evil man. Then. 
stopping that. Now stopping that. I have explained to you verses 6 to verse 7. Helping you to understand that we need to change the way we think. Because why God is speaking about this is because God has a plan for you. And unless you think in line with God's way of thinking, you will struggle or not. I will help you understand that the plans of God for us is in two parts. Plans for life, which you become an engineer, a doctor, a lawyer, or carpenter, or anything. Then plans for godliness, which is the gift of God in you, working through you, and how God can use you. Now, this morning, I want to cross two things together. If you have fulfilled your, your calling for life, Second Peter 1.3, if you are fulfilling your calling for life, and you have not fulfilled your calling for godliness, you have work to do next year. And I will help you understand better. Because yesterday I was sharing, on Friday I was sharing with you further about that. That your calling for godliness is not, pu- is, uh, yeah, it's not pulpit ministry. He gave gifts unto men. He manifested the gifts. We saw it on, in, on Friday in Acts chapter 11. That the people who accepted the Lord, they went to Greece and they were preaching. They were not pastors, they were members of the church. And the whole of Greece was shaking. We read about uh, 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 Philip, who also went to, to Samaria, and the whole of Samaria was not, it was not uh, an evangelist ordained. Neither was he a pastor. He didn't have a pulpit, but the street was his pulpit. And so you have a calling to, to a task to, to fulfill in life, which God has given you all the gifts you necessary for that. Now, but this morning, I want to complete about your calling for life. We recognize when we are looking at this, that um, we look the life of Moses, who God promised, and God appeared to Moses twice, and God fulfilled the promise to Moses, but because of association, Moses' destiny was shipwrecked. You remember? Oh! I said, do you remember? If you want my sermon to be 30 minutes, Answer me when I ask you a question. Because if I ask you a question and I didn't hear your answer, then I have to repeat all what I have said again. You know, I understand it could take a repeat. Eh? I promise you we will be very sh- short today because we are coming back in the evening. So we understand the fact that for association can make and break you. And I told you strictly, don't allow association, wrong association to determine your life for you. Because if you are if you are ashamed of God, in the sense that you are wrongly influenced and you couldn't stand for God, you couldn't take your stand for God, Jesus said you'll be ashamed of you when he comes. Which means you won't enter heaven. That's what that means. Now, before I take you further into finishing about this one, in this scripture, please go to this, the Isaiah. Other ones I read out of my mind, you don't have to go to them. That Isaiah tells you that in verse 8, it says, for my thoughts are not your thoughts and my ways are not your ways. And I said to you, you must recognize the previous verse. It says that we should stop thinking in a wicked dimension. And we should change our thinking into how God thinks. In other words, not just applicable to problems. The way I think of my brother must be in line with what God thinks about him. Okay? The way I think about my sister must be what God thinks about her. But then you understand that my brother may hurt me and he may offend me. Yes, there is room for that. Because I don't expect my brother to be a dummy. I expect him to disagree sometime. So that in disagreeing with me, I can learn knowledge. 
So also with my wife. I don't want a wife that is just a puppet. Is it puppet you call it a puppet? Or both? I don't want my wife to be a million anyway. That's what I call, I, where I come from, before I came from here. It's Emily we call them. So that my wife at home has brain. She can reason, she can talk, she can disagree, she can agree. That doesn't mean that you should be a rebellious woman. I'm not talking about that. But I mean, my wife should disagree and agree with me so that we can have constructive argument and come up with a godly direction. I would together now. So, therefore, if that be the case, I just told them a new cross now. God told me to warn you, be careful of third party problems. Write it down. Be careful of third party problems. God is thinking about you. What is third party problem? There are some people in life, your cross is your wife. Alright? Very, very tough. Very uncompromising. Some people, their husband is their cross. Everything a husband should not be, that's what the man is. Some people, their children are their cross. And I've met many children who are even, uh, who have gone to the place of being depressed because of the problem between their father and their mother. I meet quite a lot of them. That you can, when they stand before me, I can smell depression. You know, you can smell depression. Maybe by the sign of the Spirit, I don't know, but I can smell depression. I can smell sexual immorality, not because the person is smelling. But if I come close to you, I can smell it, and I can discern what is the odor telling me. It's the gift of discernment of the Holy Spirit. And these children are depressed because of their father and their mother and stuff like that. But the Lord wants me to tell you this. You were born alone. You will report before God alone. Whoever gave back to you is just a channel to bring you. So, if your parents are not in line with the scriptures, you have a destiny to be fulfilled. Maybe if you garbage all those problems and focus on your life, your future manifestation will bring solution to their life. Am 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 I communicating? Whereas, if you wear their problem on your head today, Satan will make sure you don't fulfill destiny. And if you don't fulfill destiny, it means that not only they will perish, you will perish with them. Whereas, if you have, uh, you have divided your brain and understand that every human being has a cross to carry, but one differs from the other. Even the one that appears, he has nothing. He has something that God will use to test your faith, to qualify you for paradise. Really, by the way, I was taken to paradise this morning. <laughs> oh, Lord. <laughs> I woke up. I said, no, I need to have 30 more minutes to finish the revelation. And I said, no, please, I want to sleep 30 minutes. I went back and I continued from where I stopped. Listen to me. Let me finish with you first. Heaven is sending down vibes to the earth. About next year, you must position yourself to receive by just seeking in prayer. I would get the now. So, if because you have the headache of your wife or the headache of your husband, which Satan is the one causing it, and who is he looking for? You or my parents are not there to put those things behind you. 
Understand how to coexist with your circumstances. So that you can focus only on Jesus, the author and the finisher of your faith. Because this world is temporal. Everything you are going through is temporal. They will soon expire. They will soon become history. Yesterday on television, they were showing Margaret Thatcher and the rest of them. I say, oh my, look at, that is Margaret Thatcher, this is uh, Callahan, this is this. They are all gone. Now, the only thing remaining for them is that they are standing before the judge of the heavens and the earth. Who in, his, in whose presence your position in this world is irrelevant and useless. The great judge who judges with equity and fears is his judgment. Therefore, on earth, do not let anything in this world, you know, hinder you from your service unto God. From your joy to yourself, be happy with yourself. Even if everything around you is scattered, as long as you are not scattered, you are intact. In be happy. Learn to be happy with yourself. Learn to focus on Christ alone. Then, nothing can hinder your destiny. Am I talking with you? I want to look at this issue of Isaiah. The first thing Isaiah said is that in that chapter, chapter 9, verse 1, no more distress. In Christ is freedom. Isn't it? Then the next verse says, People walk in darkness have now seen the light. In Christ is illumination. Alright? And the third one says, you have enlarged the nation, which is the nation of Christ, and increased their joy. In Christianity, is joy forevermore. Hallelujah, somebody. It's joy. It's not a joy that is based on something that you got. It is joy produced by the Spirit within. Hallelujah. Is it the joy of the Lord is what? Your strength. So everything the devil is throwing at you is to kill that joy. Because if a Christian has no joy, he has no strength. Which means that if the enemy comes, you fall. Which means that you live a life of happiness today, regret and sorrow tomorrow. Let me say something to you. If you marry on earth, God bless you out. If you don't marry, God bless you out. Whether you marry or you don't marry, as long as you enter heaven. You didn't hear what I've just said to you. Oh, I build house in the world, or you don't build house, it doesn't matter. As long as you die in Christ, and you enter heaven. But, uh, uh, I wanted to remember Paul. Uh, but if, 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 God, if God gives us grace, we will have all those things. But if we don't have those things, they shouldn't determine our lives. But if we have them, thank God for them. I will together now. So I'm saying this to help you understand. Everything is shadow except your love for Christ. It says in that scripture, Joy is for those who believe in him. Why then in next verse says, For as in the day of Midian's defeat. What is the Midian? Who are Midian's? Midianites. Look at the book of Judges chapter 6. And we look at one character there or maybe two. If we are able to finish with one character, then we'll do the second. If we don't, we'll do it next time. It says in verse 1, Again the Israelites did evil in the eyes of the Lord. 
And for how many years? How many years there? And for seven years, God gave them into who? I can't hear you. This is cathedral. I know that you people read Bible very well. So when I'm teaching you, I'm very careful because a lot of you are theologians. Theologians. That is the reason why when I say you should read the Bible, you read it loud, isn't it? Isn't it? We are English, isn't it? Come on, let's read it loud now. Together, shall we? Stop. So God can sell his own children to be oppressed by the devil. God can ridicule the life of his own children. God can mess up everything in the life of his child. Yes, he does. If you look at this scripture, it began by saying again. Which means God had done that again and again and again and again. And for the same reason, he sold them to the devil. To oppress them, to destroy them. There are some people who come to church today who are born again. They are sold by God. And I will help you understand. The reason why God sold them is the same thing. Because he says it again. Again means repetition. He sold them for one thing. They did evil. You remember when I, when I read to you from the book of Isaiah 55 verse 6? Let's read verse 6 again. Can Christians do evil? Yes. Isaiah 55, 6. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call him while he, may, he is near. The next verse says what? Let the wicked forsake his ways and the evil man his thoughts. So how, could, how do Christians get involved in evil? In their thinking. In our thinking, we get into evil. When we continue to breed evil in our thoughts, God will sell us out to be punished. As a check. If God has sold somebody out like that to the enemy, what does he need? Deliverance? No. That's the reason why many of them do deliverance. They get, not, they get nothing. What God needs is repentance. The only reason why God will give you problem is because you have been rebellious in, his, in your thoughts. You have followed the ways of this world and the ways of the, the prince of the air. And the only way God can check you, I haven't spoken through many people, you think, you know, what I'm doing is the right thing, I will go on my own way. And God loves you. He doesn't want you to, to, to... Because at the end of the day, when you are destroyed, you come back and be begging God. So He will quickly send a messenger to afflict you, to, to torture you, to subdue you. We will see what mediums do. And you will see it. If anybody is listening to me as a Christian and you have such symptoms in your life, it is not the witch of your house. It is your rebellion. And if you can repent, you will see what God will do too in this very lecture. It says for seven years he sold them to the hands of Midianites. Now, look at this next verse. Because the power of the Midianites, or, or the power of Midian, was so oppressive. So Midianites are oppressive power. Oppressive power is a power that will determine your boundary and your limits. You can't go beyond. No matter how skillful you are, no matter how intelligent you are, your oppressor will set boundary around you. You can't go beyond it. Anything you do is in school. You find intelligent student, the lecturer just says that you will not pass. And that's it. And that's it. Nothing you can do. Even some people fought and they appealed, and yet they failed. Not because they didn't pass. Someone just stood to oppress them. 
Midianites are oppressors. They oppressed Israelites. And then they said, because of the power of Midian was so oppressive, the Israelites prepared shelters for themselves in mountain clefts. Look at this way, this place very well. Mountain clefts, caves, and, ho- and stronghold. When we went to Israel, we, we, we saw the caves. I took photographs of the caves. I'll be showing you all that in the new year. They have houses in the town. They can't live there. So they have to go and live in the cracks in the mountain. Alright? And caves in the mountains. Alright? Why? Because of your oppressors. If they are in their house, they are afraid. You know, I was, let me say this to you, and I think I will say it. It is good for me to say it. Very, very well good. I was driving back into my house yesterday night after the, after the, the, the program. You know, we, we went late. As I was driving to my house, we saw a place. We came to a place that was forest in front of my house before. Before you get to my house, not, right, not there in front, but before you get there. And they have built it. And they built their, their doors by the road. So you just come on the road, you knock the door, you enter into a, a house. That is, is public road. And just after that road is the woods, forest. And we would drive through the forest to reach our own village. And when we got there, my daughter said, wow, they've turned this place into houses. I said, yes, because you have been in London. We are village people. They have turned it to houses. And then I looked to my wife and I said, but look at their doors. There is no bars. Look at their windows. You don't have burglar bars. And I said, and immediately after the house is the forest. Dark, right through. Dark, darkness. And I said, this is a country. I said, but it's another country where even when you are built in the midst of people, you have to put burglar bars. That before, if there is a problem, what, when there is uh, uh, emergency fire, what killed them, it is the protection they protected themselves. Because before they can break through all the protections, they have been dead. I said, so give thanks to God for you being in the country that is free. That is oppression. Where is my scriptures? Are you with me now? That is what they call oppression. I want to show you what the Midianites are. Look at your Bible. All right? Because of the power of the oppressor, oppressor, the Israelites will build houses in caves. Anything that will make you fear in your own house is an oppressor. I met some people who are Christians. Some of them are now truly born again. They are here. People have come to me in those church from some churches. They have come to me and said that, Ah, Apostle, something is working in my body. Alright? And they have so much fear for this thing working around their body. Some of them have said, Something is moving in my house. And they are so much terrified of that house. You build house. Or you rent house, you pay the rent, you can't enter because you think something is working in the house. Medianite. Medianite. Oh, something is moving in my body. Medianite. 
You know, my answer to people who say this is moving their body. Are you born again? That's the first question I ask them. They say, yeah, I'm born again. Then what does the Bible say? First Corinthians chapter 6, verse 11, 17. Your body is the temple of God. If your body is the temple of God, what's your problem? It's not more. He said, you, you don't own your body anymore, but it belongs to God. So whatever happened in that body, what is your problem? Leave it for the owner. Change the way you think. As far as I'm concerned, if something is moving in my body, I will just be singing, I have a feeling everything's gonna be alright. I have a feeling. Something is moving in my body. What can move in your body if not the Holy Ghost? Who did you give your body to? If you gave your body, Romans chapter 12, verse 1, as a living sacrifice unto God, holy yourself to Him, then what will move in that body above the Holy Ghost? Why don't you thank the thing moving in your body? Instead of allowing that to make you mentally depressed. What about your house? Something is moving in my house. I see something is moving in your house. What can it be if not angels? If not angels, what can it be? If not angels, what can it be? If, 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 if a Christian is afraid because something is moving somewhere, he's under Midianite. The only thing that can make a Christian go there is because... You have some ways in your thinking that is not godly. Maybe they pumped you with wrong doctrine to the place whereby you fear the created and you don't fear the creator. And once you have been pumped with some wrong information for some time, your mind will climatize to fear that does not exist. The Bible says a sinner runneth when no one chases. Are we together? But for us to us, a son is given. <laughs> Listen to me, therefore. Who should live in a house they call ghost house, if not born again? If you find a house, they said that it was ghost for ancestors. Send me the address. We will buy it. They are very cheap. I will be going to have retreats when I want to fast. Only me will go there. There is no such a thing as ghosts anywhere. If you are afraid that something is working in your house and you are born again, if I take you to the forest to go and meet people who worship the devil in the forest, can you go with me at all? Like some of you have gone with me. Medianites. Every form of fear. Medianites. The next verse. It says, Whenever the Israelites planted their crops... The Midianite Amalekites and other Eastern people invaded the country. Devourer. Anytime you gather money, something will happen and you lose it. You forgot to, to, to renew your insurance and second day you, your car crashed. And insurance didn't cover it. All those kind of things are devourers. They come from Midianites. Not from which in your house. If you are born again. If you are not born again, maybe the witch of your house is doing it. But Midianites are embodiment of evil forces. Look at the third thing, the next verse 4. They camp on the land and ruin the crops all the way to Gaza and did not spare a living thing for Israel, neither sheep nor cattle nor donkeys. Now, these are people who will come and ravage the, the, the sweat of, of, of um, Israel. They will leave them to labor. After laboring very hard, they will just come. They will clear everything. It's like somebody who has a certificate, you can't get a job. Until that certificate becomes obsolete. Somebody worked and worked and worked in an office. When it's about just the dawn before promotion, he will resign and go to another office. 
and then they will promote in the office he left. And the other office he went to, they are just retrenching, they will sack him in about six months. Whereas in the other office he was, he left, he would have been going higher. All those things that, that will abrupt, abruptly terminate your labor and sweat is Midianite. It has nothing to do with witches. It has to do with you and God. If you are a saint. Look at what it says here. They would destroy all the animals. They would destroy everything that they could rely upon for livelihood. The next verse says. They came up with their livestock and their tents. Like, <laughs> that's interesting. To come and feast like sons of Lucas. It was impossible to count the, the men and their camel. They invaded the land to ravage it. If anybody is listening to me and the devil has ravaged your life, mess it up beyond repair. There is a way out today. <laughs> what causes it is when a man is not in line with the word of God. Because that's what he said. Because they rebelled against the Lord, the Lord sold them out. But let me say something to you before we go. A point of order. <clears throat> that when God allow, when God sells his own children to be punished, he watches over the punishment so that the devil cannot do anything God did not permit. He cannot do it. But when God does that, it's because, remember, because somebody denied his God in his thoughts. The Bible says, as, and as they have decided not to have God in their thinking, God left them up to reprobate my Romans 1, to do things that are unjust so that they can be punished. Now listen, therefore. The next verse says, Midian so impoverished Israel, the Israelites, that they did what? What did they do? What did they do? <laughs> no, they cried out to Moses. No, they cried out to Daniel. No, they cried out to the Lord. You remember when I was teaching you? Seek the Lord while he may be found. Let the wicked forsake his wicked ways. And his evil ways. Let him forsake his wicked ways. Evil thoughts produce wicked ways. And let him seek the Lord. Look, whenever God allows a Christian to go through punishment, it's because he wants your attention. The earlier you give him attention, the quicker you will terminate that afflictor. The quicker you will enter into the provision of God. Because the laws of God remain. Oh, someone says that we don't live by laws. Yes, yes, but we, we are members of a kingdom. And the word kingdom means a regulated body. If we are members of a kingdom, there is regulation in every kingdom. Kingdom is not just a body of people doing whatever they like. That's not a kingdom. A body of people doing what is regulated to be done. And these are the regulations of God. Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart. Isn't it? Offer ye your body to me as a living sacrifice. Holy and acceptable for this is your reasonable act of service or your ritual worship. And so the Midianite impoverished them 
they turned to God. They didn't turn to prophet. They didn't turn to anybody. They turned to God. They turned to God. They turned to God. They turned to God. If you turn to God, God will answer you. If you turn to God, I say God will answer you. If you turn to God, God will answer you. God will not answer you by the lips of a man more than he will answer you by your own lips. Really, another man cannot tell more about you. You are the one who knows how he hurts you. And you are the one who knows what you have done wrong. That's the reason why, you know, something interesting happened thereafter. When they cried to God, God answered them, isn't it? And when God answered them, what did he do? He sent them a prophet. Send them a prophet who said, this is what the Lord said, the, the Lord, the God of Israel says, I brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery, the next one, I snatched you from the power of the Egyptians, that is salvation, and from the hand of all, who, all your oppressors, I drove them from before you, and gave you their land. This is God speaking to a prophet. Then he says, I said to you, I am the Lord your God. Do not worship the gods of the Amorites in whose land you live. But you, you have not listened to me. You see the reason now. I said to you, I am the Lord your God. Do not worship the God of Amorites in whom you live. That is, do not practice the detestable practice of the land where I brought you into and then you have come to England and you have become... You know, when, when you are in England, let me say something to you. Anyone born in this country or you came to this country and joined us? <laughs> Listen to me. There are... In England are people who are silver spoon-fed. Aristocrats. Now, this is the country. Let me welcome you to the United Kingdom. The children of aristocrats go to different school and in their school discipline is firm are you with me now but the children of the poor they let them go to schools where they continue to degrade discipline why because the aristocrat must continue to rule over it's a master slave relationship i would gather now you will never see the children born in such family dress anyhow. Follow any kind of fashion. No. They may not be Christians, but their head is correct. You will not see a child born in that family dressed in a way, have a, a type of haircut that he will look like somebody who was free from the prison or put on a trouser that is falling because it's a sign of gangs. You won't see them do that. And you see them respectful. But they train the children of those who are not. You don't have to call your father by name. Aristocrats don't call their fathers by name. They don't. Children, they, are, they respect their father. Look at when they, when they go before the queen. A woman kneel down. A man bow his head. That is aristocratic way of behavior. And they retain it in all of their families. That's why they keep on ruling. Oh yes, I tell you. A poor man who is a Christian, if you can obey the laws of God, you will break the crater to the top. You will. And some are now. Some are right now. Right now they are. Because the values of the scripture exalt a nation. That's the reason why for you. Look, every day I grow older. And I'm very conscious. 
And I'm very happy for those of you who are younger, who listen to me and follow me. Because in a short time I will sit down and you are ruling in this country. Some of you already have been positioned, which I'm so happy. Look, look, let me say this to you. The preaching of the gospel is not just by mouth, by your works first. By their fruits, we will know them first. The reason why the princes are walking barefooted and slaves ride on horseback is information. The information I'm giving you, listen to me in Christ of Tabernacle, it will set you on the pedestal of power across the nations of the world. Are we together now? Now, some people have felt disappointed by the church. Okay? And the kind of churches they feel disappointed by are the churches where their leader have no connection with heaven, one, that is out of touch with man, two, and he himself cannot be pointed to as a role model, three. So it is a community where anything is right. Listen to me. The Bible says in the book of Isaiah chapter 2, it says that in the last day, the top of the mountain of the Lord shall be exalted above all mountains. It shall be raised above all the hills. And it says that many will go there and say, come, let us go to the house of the Lord. For they will teach us the way of the God of Abraham. That's what I teach you. You follow me? No regret. Have you ever seen me regret before you? Never. I will not, ex- I will not ask God to relieve my life. I'm living my life daily to the fullest. Because as a young boy, I was taught the way of the Lord. And I grew in it. And Satan cannot mess me up. Boy, listen to me. God said to them, don't worship the God of Amorites. They went to worship God of Amorites. Now, let me show you the story, the, the end of the story. Are you, not, are, you not, are you not amazed when you look at the rest of this story? No wonder God went to the house of the prophet of the Baal of Amorites to go and meet his son. The whole Israel went to worship Amorite God. And the prophet in whose house the shrine of of their Baal is, God went there to go and meet the son of that prophet. Why? Because though he was the son of the prophet of Baal, Gideon, but he was a person who was reading the Bible, and he has questions in his house for God. There are some like that among you. Look at what he says. The next verse. The angel of the Lord came and sat down under the oak of Ophir that belongs to Joash, the Abizah, where his son Gideon was threshing the wheat in the wine press to keep it from the Midianites. You see how many provisions uh, to the extent that little thing they have, even to go and make their food, they have, they are, they do it in secret. Because as you are making your food before you set your food on table, the media can come and take everything away from you. The life of a child of God should be without fear. Listen to me. So, who is this Gideon? He says, when the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon, he said, The Lord is with you, mighty warrior. Now, let me give you the second face of God. Maybe your thoughts have been evil all these days. Maybe you have gone away from God to do whatever you want to do, and Midianites are punishing you as usual. 
Hallelujah, somebody. Step out of the house. Sigidi is there. Midianites are there to punish you. Hallelujah, somebody. <laughs> I just spoke in tongues. You didn't understand what I said. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> I will talk about that in a minute. Do you know something? God went to the same house of the father. The father of Gideon was the priest of Baal. And God said to Gideon, though you are born in this idol worshiping stuff, or you have been in this idol worshiping stuff, because it's seven years now, yet my plan for you remains. So whatever you have done wrong, wherever way you have gone bad, God didn't change his mind about you. He loves you. That's why he's talking to you this morning. Really, he doesn't want you to enter new year without fulfilling destiny. God wants relationship. You know, when I, when I zero into things like this, I can see the heart of the Father breathing, pumping because of his love for someone who didn't recognize that he loves him. God's plan for you will not change. Do you know why God cannot change his plan? Let me help you understand this. I've shown you in the beginning of my lecture, when God created you, he put the plan in your spirit. And I show you scriptures to, show, to back up that. Okay? So, because he put the plan in your spirit, whatever your mind has made your body become, his plan remains in that spirit. So, the day you repent and come back to him, he's just waiting for you. He's just waiting for you. So that he can fulfill what he has written in your spirit. You may have to pay more costs. Because you know the time you have wasted. The aspect of manga will not work miracle. You have to learn. You have to you know, work hard, harder. But you will still achieve. That is what God is. But not without his mercy. Someone said, but how, how will God just, you know, all the bad things have gone because I repented, I came back. He will accept me. Let me help you know this. How many of you before discovered that, I mean, there are some of us who just, uh, where we're growing, we, we love to do things the way we want it, isn't it? And then you bite your fingers and then you regret your life and stuff. How many of people who have blown up their young age and regretted in their old age for what they have done, discovered that because of your mistake, you grew shorter in height? Your height decreased. Anybody? They measure your height. And your height decreases because you messed up your life. Yes? Your height never decreases. Why is your height not decreasing? Because God has just created that. So what you do does not change his mind on your height. Really, if you are a child, I should grow very tall. And you begin to mess about. It don't, God won't stop you from growing tall. Because that he had programmed it to be. To be. So is the spiritual. Your destiny can be hindered by Lucifer when you give your thought to evil and then your ways become evil. In that way is Satan. And he has the power now by God, given by God, to mess up that life. But if that life changes and repents like a prodigal son and say to God, Father, I have sinned against heaven and you, God will not ask you to go and come back. Right at the point of repentance, he calls you mighty man of valor. He doesn't see you different. That's why he went to this man and said, You Gideon, said Lord, mighty warrior. You know what happened the next verse? Look at Gideon for you. 
But sir, Gideon replied, if the Lord is with us, why has all this happened to us? You can see that he is a person who is conscious of God. Where are all the wonders that, he, that our fathers told us about? So he has been reading the Torah, but he can't find God by himself. He has knowledge of God. Did not the Lord bring us up out of Egypt? But now the Lord has abandoned us and put us into the hand of Midianite. That is correct. He knows God what God has done. So are you, every one of you who hear my voice, especially those of you that I, I, you know, you grew in my hand. If you leave this church and you went to university or you went to Felicity and you follow people, inside you is my voice. Inside you is my voice. You will never, till, till physically you grow old and you have children's children, Jesus studies and die and go to heaven. My voice echo in your spirit. So that when you want to take a wrong step, you say, Apostle said. When, you, when they are trying to influence you, but they say, Apostle said. This is what happened. He said, but now the Lord has abandoned us. Yes, yes. Because you abandoned him. Can you imagine after telling God how terrible they were? Look at how God answered him. The Lord turned to him and said, Go in the strength of yours, you have, and save Israel out of Midian's hand. Understand, God is relating with him now as if he had done nothing. Because he had repented, they have all cried and begged God. They have repented, turned from their wicked ways. The only issue is that they don't know what to do with the ball in the house. Though they repented, the Baal is still in the house. So God went to the house of Baal. Come and see how God put an end to Baal. So this boy said, God said, I'm sending you. Am I not sending you for God to be able to fulfill your destiny? He must win your attention. You must cooperate with him. You must see yourself the way God sees you. Not the way people see you. Not what people say you should be. You should be what God wants you to be. I we together now. So God had to win his mind. Look at what happened here. Reply, but Lord Gideon asked, how can I save Israel? Can you imagine? This tells you and I how useless a mind of man can be when you derogate from God. You, there are people who don't see any light of success in their life. Well, even no matter how much you preach and tell them that, go and do this tomorrow, go to this place, you get this done. When they finish it... <laughs> It is not possible. Others will go and do it and come back and say, Ah, Apostle, I went to that place. Look, and now I have gotten this. For them, you say, It is possible for them, not for me. That is the position Midian had taken Gideon. He saw nothing good in himself anymore. Look at what this boy is saying. He says, How can I save them? My clan is the weakest. I'm from the most useless family of Manasseh. If the accounting family in Manasseh, they will forget us. But you see, in that useless family, I am the least. Can you imagine? What conditions have made you does not change what God had made you. Let me say this to you. That's why I've said this again and again. I've, I've spent a long time talking about this. You must change the way you see yourself and begin to see yourself the way the Bible sees you. Let me say, everything in the world is against Christianity. Government, laws, everything is against Christianity. Even the church now is against Christianity. 
Okay? A people must see different. That is, from what is going on around you, and see clearly according to what is written for God to be able to move through you in the new year. You are not like them. Look at what this man said. Before God, he was still talking. All this nonsense. Do you know what happened? Then the Lord answered him, I will be with you. That's all. Listen to this. I will be with you and you will strike down all the Midianites. God said, I will be with you. And then I will do the job for you. Look at the next verse. Gideon replied, If now I have found favor in your eyes, give me a sign. Can you imagine? That is it. <laughs> that it is really you talking to me. Can you imagine this guy? He has been so debased in his thinking. How won't recognize that he's God? Is he asking God for a sign? When I was a pastor of the, of the Baptist church, there's a woman who said that, you know, I married this man, and there's a little problem, you know. And he said, I'm fed up. God chose, have chose him for me. God chose him. And I said, how did God choose him for you? He said, I did a flea test. Ah. I said, a flea test. Your own God is flea test that he tests that you give you a woman, a husband. <laughs> if you say that, give me a sign if that man is my husband. And you close your eyes, let him pass before me now. As you open your eyes, he is the one standing before you and he's passing. That is not God. Satan set you up. Satan set you up. You know, the reason why he could do this in those days, no Holy Spirit inside them. Now we have Holy Spirit in us. We can't do flea tests. Are you with me now? They cast lots before Holy Ghost came. Because, but after Holy Ghost come, have you had them casting lots? No, they talk to the God himself. And he tells, to them, tells them what to do. And, uh, it's flea test, flea test, flea test. And so people are so much entrenched in the Christian born again. This guy asked for flea test because he doesn't know God. God was standing before him. He said, maybe it's a me God, maybe it's the real God. Okay, if you are the true God, let me test you. Okay, God said, okay, no problem. God is patient. Go and do your test. See what happened to him. The next verse says, Gideon replied, yeah, let me find a good test. The next verse, please, 18. Please do not go away. <laughs> you can see that he really doesn't know who God is. He's still begging God. That he thought God is like them, that, oh boy, I'm coming. And then you don't see him for one year. <laughs> That's what he thought. He said, please don't go away. Don't go away. God said, okay. And you know something about God? How God can, really, you know, bring himself low to our, our platform. He knows we are doing, what we are doing is strange. But he's not angry. That is what man can do. God is God. He's not angry. I don't know how many times you get angry when people, people don't meet up to your expectations. God will not be angry. You see what he says here. I will wait until you return. Then, 19 please. Gideon went in, prepared a young goat, and from the effort of flour, he made bread without yeast. Putting the meat in a, in a basket, and it, it broke in a pot. He brought them out and offered them to him under the oak. The angel of the Lord said to him, Take the meat and the unleavened bread, place them on this rock, and pour out the bread, 
And Gideon did so. With the tip of the staff that was in his hand, the angel of the Lord touched the meat, and the unleavened bread, fire flared from the rock, consuming the meat and the bread. And the angel of the Lord was disappear. I love that. I love that. God is so patient with us. He's waiting for you. He's waiting for you. Let me help you with this. Make up your mind in this house, everybody. You will not be what you think you are anymore. You want to be what the Bible says you are. That's it. We want to give God chance. We want to make God happy. Forget about all what you've done in the past. Now, God, this is 2017. I messed up. Don't wait till 2000 and uh, the watch night service. People who make resolution in the watch night service, they are the people who don't keep it. They are the ones who said that, oh, the people will cry, some of them. When, when we are blowing the trumpet, ah, we are going to the new year. Hey, oh, happy new year. And they'll be having resolution, 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 resolution. They are the ones who don't make the resolution. Do you get me now? If you make conscious decision now, it is repentance. We want to give God a chance. The angel disappeared. Give me the next verse. When Gideon realized that it was the angel of the Lord, he exclaimed, Ah, sovereign Lord, I have seen the angel of the Lord face to face. Then the Lord answered him, but the Lord said to him, Peace, do not be afraid. You are not going to die. Then the next verse. So Gideon built an altar to the Lord there and called it, The Lord is Peace. To this day, it stands in offer of the Abizites. The next verse. I want us to look at this and then I will summarize it and then we'll stop. Second sacrifice. That same night the Lord said to him, Take the second bull from your father's heart. Watch this. That's the bull that they have been sacrificing to Baal. The one seven years old. Tear down your father's altar. Come on now. To Baal. And cut down the Asherah pole beside it. Then build a proper kind of altar to the Lord, your God, on the top of his height. Using the wood of the Asherah pole that you cut down, offer the second bull as burnt offering. Listen, therefore, God says here, it is a time to build a new altar. Listen to me. Life is easier than you think it. If God is the one steering the wheel. Success is cheap. Only when Jesus is in the boat. There is no turbulence that can overcome a man if Jesus Christ is in your boat. You can never lose a battle on earth as a Christian if you give God a chance. From a young man like Jeremiah at 17, he said, The word of the Lord came to me. He was a 17 year old boy. Uzziah at 16 was made king. And the Bible says he sought God under his father who instructed him in the ways of the Lord. As long as he sought God, God gave him success. At the age of 16, Josiah at the age of 8 became king. And he sought God of his fathers. 
At age of 30, I showed you, Solomon became king. And his father said, acknowledge the God of your father, serving with whole heart devotion. And with a willing spirit and a willing heart. And he said to him, if you seek him, you find him, this God. But if you turn away from him, he will turn against you. I can, I can give you people, many, many more people. Moses at the age of 80, he was called to ministry. So that someone can't say yeah, that I'm old, nothing can happen with me anymore. God allowed him to reach 80. What about Abraham in his 70s? What about um, Caleb at 80? He said, I am as young as I was 40 years ago. I am as strong as I was 40 years ago. 80 year old man. Let me say this to you. If you, are, if you are in your 40s, 50s and you are working like this, God deliver you. you are, at the age of 80, you should be strong. Climbing mountains at the age of 80. I didn't hear you say amen. You are not 80 yet. You are doing, they say climb the stairs. Well, we thank God for those who carry us. <laughs> One day they wanted to carry the hand of him. I said, leave me alone. I said, good. <laughs> Hallelujah. Listen to me. There is a God that we serve. I am telling you. It's never too late to fulfill destiny. God changed this man. And he told him that, you see the altar of your father. Tear it down. You have to stop thinking in the ways that are contrary to God. See, the world thinks in a way. The Bible thinks differently. The Bible has never changed. Many churches have changed. But there are some who are still standing. Hallelujah, somebody. Hey, there's nothing the devil can do for people like us to change. We have been formed before we were sent to the mother's womb. Amen. Whatever the Bible says, that's it. You walk in the part of it and you see God. Hallelujah. Paradise is still near you. Amen. I think when I finish with you now, the vision I saw in the morning, God showed me the paradise that is to come. I will still go back to it because many more information should be downloaded for the new year. There is a God who speaks. He is the one we serve. And the thing he tells us cannot fail. He is the one we serve. If you read the rest of the story of Gideon, after God did all this and they destroyed the temple, the people came on the second day and said, Who destroyed Baal? Let us kill him. And the father of Gideon came out and said, Do you want to fight for Baal? Anyone who touches a man on behalf of Baal shall die. You know he's a prophet. <laughs> so, everybody was afraid. Then he answered them, If Baal is God, let Baal fight for himself. Jerubal. You know what that tells you and I? No weapon forged against me shall what? Prosper. So when I see Christians who are saying witches and this and we, we, Mami Wata is doing this and somebody just came up with another name now, I don't know. You know, that is so strange to me. A, a pastor who said that the queen of, of heaven. I've never heard that before. Until last, last week. When one of my pastors was talking to a pastor and the pastor said, that, ah, what, well, you know, but the queen of heaven? I said, you would have asked him, who made her queen? Who, who is the one who put crown on her head? If there's a queen in heaven here, a Christian believe that? When the Bible says the heavens declare the glory of God, that's what my own Bible says. 
There is nowhere in my Bible that tells me there is a queen in heaven because if that queen is there, he must declare the glory of God. So when I say praise the Lord, that king will say hallelujah. And they believe all this stuff. So the place you are by, people who should go out and deliver those who are bound, are bound themselves by false thoughts. Break down the altar of Baal. Baal has no power. When they told Baal, let Baal fight, he could not fight. He could not fight. So if you are a Christian, listen to me, don't fear any idol. Don't fear any witchcraft. Don't fear any of those powers because those powers can walk over people who do not know Christ. When it's turned to those who know Jesus, they are powerless. Do I tell you a story? I want to tell you a story. You know, I came from the family of, uh, like, uh, of uh, Gideon. And this is true. It is very hard for many Christians to believe that witchcraft have no power over them unless the power they give him by turning away from God. You know, I tell you many things. And I think I will say this to you. In, in uh, New Cross, I was talking about it. Someone came to talk to me about Pastor Fumi. And she's a friend of mine in church. And then I formed an opinion based on those things he said. And then I changed my behavior towards her. Is that God? Satan just set me up. The person who believed the false story is the one the devil is seeking to destroy you. For her, she doesn't know we're even talking about her. So she's having peace and quiet with God. While we are having headache, arguing over what she did not do. While I have bought a lie which I have not seen. Whereas the Bible says I should investigate all things thoroughly and hold firm what is the truth. It has caused problems between husband and wife, between close friends. Now I turn away from her. Whereas in my destiny in five years' time, I would need her to go to her level. But now I've turned away from her. That time will come that I will need her. I will remain where I am. Listen to me. It is the work of God. But the work of God cannot affect a believer who walks in line with the word of God. Because the Bible says, casting down every vain imagination and taking every thought captive. Anything you hear, judge it by the word of God. Judge it by the word of God. If somebody tells you something which is not good, tell him, come, come, come. Tell the person. When you see the person, call the person and say, this person said this about you. That is how to quell the devil, quench him. The altar of Baal, it cannot destroy a saint of God. The Bible says like a sparring, a dirty sparrow or, you know, a, a flying bird that has no resting place. A costless curse will never come to be. Somebody puts on a man and curse you. It's non grata if you are in the will of God. Baal cannot help himself. And for you, you must recognize this. When Baal was told to fight, he could not fight. So we don't care anybody said anything about you, anybody did something. Just make sure in your mindset you obey God. That is the great thing. Finally, this man, he was still afraid. 
But then, the Lord caused his enemies to have a dream. And then the Lord sent him to go and listen to his enemies. And when he was there listening to his enemies, he had them saying the dream God gave them a day before. The dream was so simple. He says that God gave them a dream that one of them a dream. A loaf of bread rolling down the mountain and it fell over their camp and destroyed it. How can a loaf of bread destroy everybody? And the other one said that is the sword of Gideon. And before Gideon got to the battle, alright, God made the enemies to be terrified of Gideon. That is you. Any battle the devil sent against you, if you are walking on the side of God all the time, that's what I'm telling you. To walk on the side of God all the time is very necessary. I would gather, you don't behave as your mind tells you. You behave according to the scripture. If your mind tells you something, judge it with the word of God. So that what you execute is in line with the word of God. Then if you do that, there is no weapon for the against Let me tell you this. God will never deny himself. He will destroy your foe before you. I say that God will destroy your foe before you. We are going to pray this afternoon. But before we pray, I want to say to you that God has not changed his mind about you. What you have done to reach this height, continue for there are greater heights. If you are falling from the height, listen to me. You know the way. You serve a God who will forgive. I will be talking to you for the rest of this year. No more games with God. You will not get from God what you didn't put into Him. Uh, over the week, they are talking about some, some things that the enemy uses to hinder believers. Some of us, we are jobless, we fast and pray, and God gives you a job. And when God gives you a job, you can't serve God anymore. Yes? Ah, it is the work. Ah, it is the work. Ah, it is the work. Some of us will pray. God gives you a husband or a wife. The moment you are married, then you can't serve God anymore. You start to build fences around yourself. Some people, they are, they are looking for the fruit of the womb. You pray, pray, pray. God open your womb. You have the child. You now say, it is the child that made me not to come to church. Let me help you understand this. There are other people here among us who, when they got a job, it put them in a better position to serve. When they got married, two come together, they bring greater exploits. It brought husband and wife to a better position to serve. Some were, cons- were pregnant. They came to, to, to choir to sing. The following morning, they went to give birth in the hospital. The following Sunday, they were in choir singing. I will together now. Understand this. Everything that God has given to you, He gave them to you so that you can worship Him with them. And He gave them to you so that you can serve Him better. I will end up by saying this. For those of us who have manifested our destiny for the, for, for, you know, you know, God has given you everything you need for life, for life. You are comfortable, you have a company, you have a blood, you have a marriage, you are married, you have kids and you have work, you are earning money and stuff, business is booming and all stuff like that. And you are working hard, good. Should Jesus come tonight, what will be your report before him? You can't say to him that, uh, I'm the best doctor of Ali Street, and I opened up 200 people this year. I saved their life. I didn't let them die. God will tell you that that doctor he gave you is for the earth. 
He will say, when were you saved? You told him. I said, how many people have you brought to the kingdom, by the way? How many, one, how many of them have you discipled, by the way? And then he says to you, that, oh, which church have you been? When did you die? This time, which church? He said, I'm in Christ with Tabernacle. Oh, open the book. Okay, this is the message last preached. This is the message preached before the first time you came. Every day you came, these are the messages that were preached. You will see them. Those messages now not talk. You see them like this. And he said that, well, I ha- it happened that you have been there all this year. What did you do there? What, what is your contribution towards the advancement of the vision? I gave you gifts. On what area have you been working or serving that I may work through you? You know, heaven will not be full of joy. Are you with me? Because the Bible says God will wipe tears away. Before you enter the joy everlasting, some people will cry. People will cry because in death you will know all the potentials God put in you which you didn't use. And you will see many generations you will have transformed only if you have followed the leading of God. Alright? And you will discover that if you have an opportunity you will have done better. For that not to be your position, now, as he has given you success in the things of life, seek to give him success in the things of spirit. So that God has blessed you and given you comfort. You want to make up your mind as I go into the new year. I want to be a blessing to God himself. And I want God to be comfortable. Someone says, can I add to comfort of God? Yes, Jesus died for humanity. And he died to set us free. And we who have been free have been given the mandate to go out for others. And we have the obligation that through everything God has given to us, mortal man shall be saved. Shall we rise upon our feet, please? We're going to lift up our voices to God and pray for strength. We're going to ask God, empower me, O God. As you have blessed me in the physical, as I go to the end of the year, make me a blessing to the nations and in the spiritual. The book of Acts, chapter 11. Tell the Lord, let your hand come upon me. Father, let your hand come upon me. Verse 21 says, The Lord's hand was with them, and a great number of people believed and turned to the Lord. Pray and tell God, Let your hand come upon me. Use me as I enter the new year to bring many to your counsel. For the hand of the Lord was upon them. And a great number of people believed and turned to the Lord. Let your hand come upon me, O God, as I go to the new year. Use me, Lord God, to bring this nation back to God. Use me to bring my people back to God. Use me to bring my community back to God. Tell the Lord to anoint you with power. Tell the Lord to use your wealth to use your academics, to use your strength, every gift that God had given you, 
that God will use them to bring people to the kingdom of God. Your education, your time, your marriage. Father, Lord, let, hand, let the hand of God come upon me. It says when he arrived, when they arrived, they saw the evidence of grace of God. Pray and tell God, let your grace be evident in my life. Let your, your grace be evident in my life. Pour your grace over me, O oh God, and use me. Father, we pray thee. Shall we tell the Lord to destroy every altar of the enemy? Free my heart from every altar of Satan. Every thought contrary to God, let them be flushed out of me. Make me, O oh God, an instrument. Make me your instrument, O oh God. The instrument of your peace, the instrument of your love. Father, we bless you. In Jesus' anointed name we are praying. Lord, I lift up everyone under my voice unto you. Help us to understand your ways. Moses said, take me your ways, O God, that I may know you. And continue to find favor. Enable everyone in this house. And all over the world, as we go to the end of this year. To understand your ways, O oh God. Help us to follow the path that you have set before us. Lord, enable us to live a life of freedom in you. Desire to obey you and to do your will. Father God, I pray if there be anyone among us that the enemy has assigned destruction for, I revoke in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Father God, we pray for mercy for anyone under the hands of the Midianites. It was for freedom that Christ has set us free, no longer to be subject to yoke of slavery. Anything that can subject us to the yoke of slavery, Father, we destroy them in the name of Jesus. Enable us that our daily life shall be to your glory. And that every step we take in life will fulfill your destiny. I present before you the works of our hands. You who have been the lifter of our hands as we enter the new year. Lord, let your grace be given upon the works of our hands. There are some intentions, good intentions, that we are not fulfilled for many this year. Lord, as they enter the new year, I ask for resources for them. 
Father, let heaven release resources to fulfill visions. That this time next year, Lord, if you tarry, we will have cause to glorify your holy name. The power to serve you unto the last day. Lord, we receive by faith in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father, because it's done. As we ask in Jesus' anointed name. With all eyes closed, I want to ask this. If there's anyone here today who has not accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, and you want to do that, I want you to raise your hand and put your hand right hand on your chest. I want to pray with you. Put that hand on your chest, lift it up, and put it on your chest. Sovereign Lord, the Bible says, My sheep hear my voice, and the voice of strangers they will not follow. Thank you for the sheep that have heard your voice today. Thank you for restoration. After me, the, the Israelites were oppressed by Midian, the Bible says they cried to the Lord, and the Lord forgave them, send them a prophet and a deliverer. And so, Lord, I decree that the powers of hell over these people fail from this hour. As they have identified with you and ask you for mercy, Lord, let them receive mercy at this hour. Cleanse them of their sins and receive them into your kingdom. Give them the grace to be able to walk with you all the days of their lives. Say this after me. Lord Jesus, I thank you for saving me this day. I receive you as my Lord and my Savior. Thank you for forgiving me all my sins. In Jesus' name, I have prayed. Amen and amen. Let's put our hands together for the Lord. Take your seats in the heavenly places. We're going to prepare for our giving this morning. Can I ask, uh, where, where is Dickens Soji? Can you come and give us this announcement, please? Let us listen to this.